There's got to be an explanation to all these UFO sightings, right? Hey, it's Stephen Diener, host of the Unidentified Alien Podcast. And whether you're new to the conversation or have been looking into it for years, you need to check out the fastest growing alien show out there, the Unidentified Alien Podcast, or UAP for short. There's a crazy amount of alien encounter stories out there from all over the world. And the beauty of it is that I bring them all to you and let you decide what you believe. Download and subscribe to UAP on any of the major podcasting platforms. And you can also find it on UAPpodcast.com. Hi, everybody. This is Adriana Trajani. I'm the host of You Are What You Read. I have the privilege of interviewing luminaries of our times about the books that shaped them from childhood until now. We get everybody from Sarah Jessica Parker to Kristen Hanna, Mitch Albom, Susie Essman, Craig Ferguson, Rain Wilson, Amor Tolls, you name it, they come, they share. New episodes of You Are What You Read drop every Tuesday on Apple, Spotify, or any major streaming platform wherever you listen to your podcasts. This is the Tom Bernard Morning Show. The Tom Bernard Morning Show. Streamed every morning on the Tom Bernard Show app and anytime on demand wherever you get your podcasts. We are back, ladies and gentlemen, joined by Bob Sansevier. Bob Sansevier Sports is brought to you by Bradshaw and Bryant, personal injury lawyers seeking justice for the injured. Contact Bradshaw and Bryant at minnesotapersonalinjury.com. That's minnesotapersonalinjury.com. Sanny, Sanny, Sanny. What do we got? Seven and ten this year. Is that the plan? Uh, seven and ten. Losers yep. of six of their last seven and the final four in a row. And as we talked, I mentioned it last week, at this time of the year, teams should be getting better. This team went in the tank and got worse. And I don't want to hear, oh, they lost quarterback. Oh. Other teams lose quarterbacks. It's, I'm sick of hearing that. And this, they got another year. Uh, Kevin O'Connell and Quasi Adafo Mensa. Arthur Smith just got fired in Atlanta. What have these guys really done? What Quasi's done two things that are noteworthy that were good. He made the deal for TJ Hawkinson and he drafted Jordan Addison. And dr- drafting Jordan Addison was a no brainer when he did it because right. he was the best player there. And now they got the 11th pick and they better not screw it up. I happen to think if they're smart, they will wind up getting one of the – you'll be seeing the two quarterbacks that they could be choosing from tonight in the national championship game, J.J. McCarthy and Michael Penix Jr. And who would you go with? Well, I've always liked McCarthy, but the way Penix played in that last semifinal, McCarthy fits into what O'Connell wants. He is pretty much a drop-back quarterback because O'Connell has shown us he can't adjust to the talent he has at quarterback because he did not adjust when they had the the uh, the pastronaut, you know, playing at quarterback. He would not adjust his skill set. He had to make yep. him a pocket passer, and he isn't a pocket passer. Bob, do you think I'm too harsh? Because I think they should just get rid of everybody. Tom, I actually I said this on my show, and I'm not saying they have to do this, but no one would blame the Wilfs if after tonight's championship game, they put a call in to Jim Harbaugh's people or his oh, agent and said, would you still take this job? And if he said yes, I don't think it'd be an easy decision for them. I think they should think about it because he would come in here. His track record is to turn programs around. Mm-hmm. Kevin O'Connell doesn't have a track record. No. He was the offensive coordinator for the Rams and didn't call the plays. Yet he came here and decided not only would he take on being the head coach, he's also going to call the plays from the sideline when a lot of coordinators are up in the booth or the people calling the plays. Right, yeah. That's not, I mean, there are coaches 
head coaches who call from the sidelines. No, there's no doubt about it. Andy Reid does it. Mike McDaniel basically is almost as new as or about as new as O'Connell, and he does a wonderful job with it. But both of them have the advantage of talent, and that's a big part of it because you'd put Mike McDaniel on a team that doesn't have Tyreek Hill, and he's not as good a play caller. Same thing yeah. with O'Connell. He lost his quarterback and lost his, uh, you know, Justin Jefferson for a number of weeks, and he was not as good a play caller. It, to me, the thing that stands out, and I, it's isolated, but any head coach that would go for a tush push two plays in a row and have Brandon oh, no. and Powell pushing, that has a that to me is, I mean, it's bells go off when you think about that. How could he even think for a nanosecond that would work, or that was the right thing to do? Right. That's alarming to me. No, I agree with you, Bob. I, I just it, it does look like Harbaugh might end up though in in Los Angeles with the Chargers, uh, Vegas. Yeah, with the or with the, you mean with the Chargers or the the Raiders? Apparently, the team he'd like to go to. Right, right. But they should keep the guy they've got. Antonio Pierce has done a really nice job. Yeah. For him though to go into a situation with Justin Herbert, that is the best situation out there of the teams that are available because you've got mm-hmm. a quarterback who could take it to a Super Bowl. None of the other teams that are available have a quarterback that they're set with. So yeah, I, I could see that happen. Do you think we'll ever get a good uh, head coach again? And I mean, we haven't done any great job so far, so why should it get any better? Well, I mean, you have to look at the ownership and the people making those decisions. I know. And have they made any right decisions since they bought this team? Uh, not, in, not great ones. No. They I have mean, not. Childress was not... It, was that a great decision? No, no. I mean, I he was all right, but I mean, and then they, you know, then they go for the the veteran defensive coordinator. Was that the right decision? No. Now they go well, for O'Con- the young guy O'Connell. No. <laughs> you know my favorite children's story. What's that? He comes to town, and I don't remember where the hell he was or whatever, but uh, he had valet parking, so he comes out after dinner. <laughs> And the kid drives up, and um, what's his name? Childress. Yeah. Says to the guy, oh, my God, I, I, I'm i sorry. I screwed up. I won't be able to give you a tip because the, the smallest bill I got is a 20. And the kid goes, excuse me, excuse me, everyone. Does anyone have change for a $20 bill? I know it's a lot of money. He just shoved it right up Childress's butt. I guess oh. it was, I wasn't there, but I wish I would have been. <laughs> Isn't now- that magnificent? <laughs> Okay, for most people, twenty would be a heck of a tip, but he was a millionaire. He makes He's a millionaire. Jesus, <laughs> the greatest ever. Uh, Does anybody have change for a twenty? <laughs> <laughs> Coach Still just needs your help. He needs your help. He's only making four or five million a year. He, he can't afford to break a twenty. You know what he could have yeah. done too? He could have said, "Hey, tell you what, call my office. Here's the number. I'll get you tickets to Sunday's game as a tip." That would be easy for him. It wouldn't cost him anything. Yep. Didn't happen, though. What are no, you going to well, do? There's a lot of what are you uh, gonna do? coaches that are a little, you know, cheap. So, Sandy, oh, what do you think the Vikings are going to do? The, the team sucks. I'm sorry. The team is – last year they were pretty good but never got it done when it when the time came. The important games they didn't win. Uh, this year they were just horrendous. And, I, you know, finish. I know they lost their starting quarterback, but I was never a big fan of his anyway. He's okay. He, but when you look at what they had, here's the biggest problem I think that, that they had at quarterback. They thought Nick Mullins could could fill in. 
Now, mm-hmm. he'll put up numbers, but you know, and you knew yesterday, okay, the interception is coming at a key time, and it did. He's going to throw interceptions. Oh, yeah. And that, that's problematic. He didn't have a good backup. I did not watch the game yesterday, but somebody told me during the game they were about to praise the coach because he, I mean, excuse me, the quarterback, because he had no interceptions. Exactly. As he was praising him, he got intercepted. Yes. <laughs> and, you know, what's funny is it happened in, in the Dallas game. They were talking about the kicker for Dallas, Brandon Aubrey. He's 35 or 35, 9 over 50. Got his, his, his field goal was blocked. It is uncanny <laughs> when they pray somebody, things go Aury. They go Aury, baby. How that happens. But this team, <sighs> with the 11th pick, see, I'd like to say with the 11th pick, they'll get a quarterback and they'll get one of the, you know, they're going to wind up, I think, with Penix or McCarthy. But I don't trust this. T- he would, might even trade out of the pick and go the other direction. He might. Because he did it the first year. Yep. And he, here's the other problem. A lot of people, they got to go up and get Jaden Daniels. Phenomenal quarterback in college. And p- probably in the pros, except he's not a drop-back quarterback. He is a running quarterback. Mm-hmm. And your coach doesn't can't use a running quarterback because he won't adapt his system to one. So he would not be a good pick for these guys. It, and again, if if he was the coach of the Vikings when Fran Tarkin was the quarterback, every film session, you gotta stop scrambling, Fran. I need you to stay in the pocket. <laughs> but that's the type of guy he is. Yeah, yeah. So no Dobbs, would, Dobbs could have been fine if he adapted to what Dobbs could do. And he, the reason Dobbs had all his success early is he didn't know the playbook and he couldn't force him into the, the drop. Right. No, that makes t- total sense, Bob. So, I mean, we're in a situation now, and I and I, I brought this up earlier with, with Phil Mackey. You got to c- congratulate the Minnesota men's basketball team. I didn't see it coming, but Ben Johnson doing a hell of a – this year doing a hell of a job, don't you think? Well, I mean, they beat Michigan, right, on the road. And, they and yeah. again, it's been in mostly a non-conference schedule. But he surprised me because I was saying for – you know, when he they hired him, he needs to be an assistant for a few years. Well, maybe he's actually – grown into this job and he's ready yeah. to be a big 10 coach so i mean we've become now aj brace yourself we've gone from being the land of hockey to the land of basketball because you got the timberwolves still yeah. they're not doing you know they've had a little bit of a slide but they're still leading the western conference both the Gopher, the two d1 schools in the state the gophers and st thomas riding six game winning streaks and st john's is is uh kicking ass in the Mayak, they haven't lost a conference game. Right. So there are there's good basketball here now and hockey. Eh. See, I I'd, I'd say there's room for two. I'd say there's room for <laughs> I two. Bet you do. PWHL Minnesota improved to 2 and 0 on the weekend. They set the record for the most attendance uh, at a, at a live women's hockey game in the world this past Saturday. I was there not to brag, it was a fun experience, and it was announced uh, late last week that the World Junior Championships are coming in 2026. Hockey hotbeds Minnesota. Keep it keep it going. Keep it going. Minnesota's <laughs> always had good women's hockey teams. Oh yeah, and that phenomenal. Continues. And Natalie Darwitz, by the way, she's basically running that program. She's she's terrific. Tom, I don't know if you've ever had her on a, on a show, no, but she really so. is. She was a great player, and she's really she's a, she's a great person too. Yes, I've, I started covering her when she was in eighth grade, leading her high school team to state championships, and, and uh, I, I think the world of Natalie, and she's going to do a great job with that program. I just love the fact. And so, what was the year again when? 
when they had to get rid of Haskins because of the the cheating scandal. What what year was that? Still in the nineties, right? You're talking like 30, 35 years since this team's been any good. Is that right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, for the oh most part. God. What's the I year exactly, AJ? Was it in the 2000s? Was it late 90s? 97? 97. 97. 97, yeah. 27 years of horrible basketball. I mean, how does that even happen, Bob? It you. It's the same problem, Tom, that's going to come up with the football team. This football team, in not just our life, you, you have how many grandchildren? Three. You have three grandchildren, and the youngest is what, two years old? Two, yep. Okay, your grandchild's grandchildren may not see the Gopher football team ever win the Big Ten or rarely get in have a winning record in the Big Ten because of the addition now yes. of Washington and Oregon and USC and UCLA. I mean, you're just adding to the Ohio states and Michigan state, you know, Michigan and I mean the Penn State generally is that they may be a little down, but mm-hmm. I just named seven teams that are going to be better than the Gophers perennially. And then Nebraska could may, maybe have a bounce back. Or Iowa. I mean, Wisconsin. Mm-hmm. They'll be a they'll be in the second half of the Big Ten every year. There's nothing that's going to change that. I mean, that's the basketball team, it's been like that for quite a long I actually I thought Munson might be able to turn things around here. He mm-hmm. obviously didn't. You know, Did and then he you got the did he have success anywhere else, Munson? Gonzaga. That's how he got the job. That's what I, that's what I thought, yeah. Because he beat the Gophers that year. That's right. <laughs> that they had the scandal and a bunch of players were benched. And that suddenly, he's he actually is the coach, not Mark Few. It was really Munson who put Gonzaga on the map because after they beat the Gophers, they had a little bit of a run. And he right. became a hot commodity. So, Bob, our baseball team is not going to be very good because they haven't gone after anybody. My twins are not going to be very good for the next few years, would you think? No, I don't think so. No. Uh, the Vikings are had a horrible year. Not just a bad year, but a horrible year. Uh, you got some basketball going, like you said, both at the college and professional level, which is nice to see. But all the wonderful teams from when, when I was, you know, first got – got back to town in third in 86 i guess it was sports were going pretty well here but not anymore no and you know what here's the part of the I, what they should do is if i'm wilf i'm telling quasi adolfo mensa you get into a room with rob rosinski their capologist who mm-hmm. is as good as anyone in the league at handling the cap and he tells you how we're going to get justin jefferson signed christian darisaw and how do we keep the Neil Hunter? And can we do we have the money to keep Kirk Cousins for a year or two? Because whoever you draft, he should sit. Look at Jordan Love. He sat several years. I didn't think he was at any any good at all when he came out of college, and he wasn't mm-hmm. ready. Had he been thrown into a starting role, he would have failed. He needed time to learn the NFL. Oh, any young quarterback needs time. CJ Stroud has had a his he is absolutely the exception to it. I mean, Bryce Young, you go back, there were teams that wanted him. Not, and now they're like shy. Oh, look at CJ Stroud. He's Stroud. He's great. They wanted Bryce Young. He got thrown to the wolves in this first year. It's worked for Stroud, but that absolutely is not the norm for a rookie quarterback. Uh, Troy Aikman, Hall of Famer, one win his uh, his rookie yeah. year. Peyton Manning had uh, what twenty plus interceptions his rookie year. 
some of these guys, they have to have a chance to learn the game and not mm-hmm. be thrown in. And I think that's why, you know, Aaron Rodgers had to sit a few years behind Favre, and it helps these guys. So if they can figure out to keep Cousins for a year or two, do it. So, Bob, I got to ask, because I know you're an expert at this kind of thing. Who's telling the truth, Jimmy Kibble or not? Well, did Kimmel come? I didn't see his name because I was looking for his name when they released the big names. Was he in on that list? Or was no, he I didn't married? see it. But Aaron Rodgers claims that he was having sex with underage girls. I mean, it's like, man. Well, Aaron Rodgers was also remember the way he plays with words? Yeah. He was inoculated. Mm-hmm. Well, he, you know, just not with the COVID vaccine. Whatever oh, he was yeah, inoculated Im- with. Immunized. Immunized. Oh, that's right. Inoculated would mean he took the shot. He immunized himself with some, uh, I don't know what <laughs> yeah, he, he, like, drank some herbal tea or something, and that gave him, you know, the oh. immunization well, is what he yeah. was saying. Yeah. Well, did you see that stat came out over the weekend? They're going to have some pr- trouble with this one. I can't remember the news organization, but they, they absolutely guarantee that at least 17,000 people died of getting inoculated. Or immunized, however you you want to put it. Well, seventeen thousand people they claim, and that was a big story. And uh, there's also the story about the hydroxychloroquine that that killed people. Yes, I mean it's you know what it was COVID it, that killed people, and the things we tried to do killed yep. people. I know it's unfortunate, but let's stay away from that kind of thing from now on. Show let's keep all the diseases elsewhere. Load up on your vitamin C. I don't know anyone who's died of vitamin C poisoning. It's a very what good point. They? Have they? Maybe. Who knows? I'll check. If they're allergic. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. AJ's <laughs> going to check and make sure. He's quick, though. When he spins, he gets he within nanoseconds. This guy's coming up with the answer to things. And by the way, I wanted to mention it'll come out in the next few weeks. Uh, Joe Maurer is on the Hall of Fame ballot. I still have a Hall. I'm one of the several hundred who still vote. I did vote for Joe Maurer to go into the Hall of Fame because I think he his three – Batting titles and the MVP, he was his generation's best catcher. And then he mm-hmm. had the concussions and had to move to first base. I have no question, and I voted for – you could vote for 10. I voted for 9, and I put it on social media, and a lot of people were probably uh, – a lot of Braves saying, yeah, how could you not put on Andrew Jones? Well, I explained. Andrew Jones, if he went into the Hall of Fame, would have the second worst – batting average in the hall of fame at 254 career the only guy worse yep was a guy named ray shock who played in the half his season his career was in the dead ball era he batted 253 and had a better on base percentage than andrew jones so when will we find out if he gets in or not the 20 i think it's the 20 it's somewhere in the early like the 24th i think it's the 23rd the 23rd right in that range Mm -hmm. you guys both think he's going to get in uh I do now because the athletic ran a story where they had like the first 122 ballots and mine may have been one. Cause I, there's a box you can check to let your, your ballot become, uh, you know, open to the public or available. Mm-hmm. And it had to be in by the first and mine was in, you know, well before like the, the 15th or 20th and, but of the 122 ballots and that's maybe a third, maybe a fourth, third or fourth of the ballots, he was on 82% of the ballots, and you have to be on 75%. That's really good for him. Mm-hmm. It's, a, it's indicative of how everyone is voting. Well, the guy was yeah, a great player. Yes, he'll get in. If he doesn't get in this year, I think he will. 
he will get in over the next few years. He's not going to be a guy who the 10-year cycle goes right. through and he never gets in. Mm-hmm. I think he'll get in on this. He and Adrian Beltre, I think, will get in on the first ballot. That will be good for Minnesota, obviously. No yeah. question. Yeah, I mean, it is deserving. And, you know, he uh, – he did have he, he he was a guy who had showed a lot of class. It's unfortunate what happened to him, but even after the injury, he still could hit the ball. You couldn't take mm-hmm. that away from him. Did they make up bilateral leg weakness? Is that something they just made up? No, I think he probably had it. But I mean, is that a real thing? Yeah, AJ. No, it is. I mean, just means <laughs> right. Yeah, what? I mean, it's like a fancy way of saying literally your legs hurt both. Legs hurt. For sure. <laughs> yeah. Like it's a thing, but it's a very fancy way of saying, ouchie, my legs. It'll take some Tylenol. It'll knock it right out and you're good to go again, right? Yeah, you get go. a little cramping, a little uh, sore. Hey, you run, you get sore. Yeah, I suppose it's true. But no, I, I hope he does get in the first ballot because I never met him, never talked to him, any of the rest of it. He's not real out outgoing kind of guy, is he? No, but he's, a, I mean, I the first time I ever interviewed him and covered him is... I went to Creighton Durham Hall where he played when he was trying to figure out if he was going to sign with the Twins mm. or go play football at Florida State. He was working right. out on a on a football field and it was just him out there with like a receiver and I liked him then and he but he wasn't outgoing. He was not gregarious. No. But he didn't have to be. That was not his personality. No, so, I heard it. His brother got like a Chevy dealership or something, doesn't he? Yeah, Mauer Chev. Mauer Chev, yeah, I heard he's a he's he he's outgoing. I heard he's a, I've never well, met him. I heard he's a good guy. His dad, who sadly passed away not that long ago, oh, uh, he bad, was yeah. very outgoing, and you know, and Joe just wasn't like that. Mm-hmm. You know, Tell but me. again, he didn't have to be because he could play. That's exactly right, Sandy. Another brilliant report. Uh-oh. So does this one you tell me, we don't need you to report anymore. Well, you know, we're going to wrap it up. What uh, What's the date today? January 8th. I, you know, you'll be with me for the rest of my career, which might end this week anyway. But, you know, you oh. never. All right. <laughs> so thank you, Sandy. All right. We'll see you guys. Great report, ladies and gentlemen. Bob Sands for Sports is brought to you by Bradshaw and Bryant Personal Injury Lawyers. Seeking justice for the injured, contact Bradshaw and Bryant at minnesotapersonalinjury.com. That is minnesotapersonalinjury.com. Bob Sands for Sports sponsored by Bradshaw and Bryant Personal Injury Lawyers. All right, we got a couple of minutes, or one minute anyway. Any big uh, sports news you want to close with because we only got 60 seconds. Um, I'll share, I was talking to Pat Royce over at the uh, Hubbard offices and he was kind of sharing his view of the Joe Maurer. Will he get in? Will he won't? Mm -hmm. He's saying that all of the like leaked ballots, not leaked, I guess, but like shared public ballots are what a lot of the like younger, uh, writers are doing. But he said that the trend is that a lot of the older guys who are a little more Grinch and like, you know, maybe a little grouchy, a little, little more sticklers on who gets in and who doesn't. They Mm -hmm. keep theirs anonymous and usually like you'll hear about them much later. Mm -hmm. So even though Joe has now jumped out to it looks like he's going to, um, he's anticipating it's going to come down to the wire. Like it's not really he's, he's not expecting a the same amount of like the volume of votes later in the reveal process. Is this Maurer's first year of? Yeah. So yeah, and I yeah. doubt he'll get in because there's a lot of guys that go, well, you know, nobody should get on in on their first ballot right. because you know such and such <laughs> didn't. So yeah, it. I assume he would get in eventually, but I think it's I a no doubt eventually. But yeah. yeah, 
it, it'll be close. If it's not this year, I think it's next because I can see some guys thinking like, well, you know, he didn't, he never, he never did anything in the playoffs and all this stuff. Mm-hmm. But yeah, um, Adrian Beltre, I think, will and deserves to be a first ballot guy. So he'll he'll be the ga- one guarantee. But if Joe gets in, you know, fantastic, great for Minnesota sports, great for the Twins. Because wasn't it Ken Griffey Jr. that there was like one reporter that didn't vote? <laughs> Yeah, and that was like, like there was, was like, like Derek Jeter the other year yeah. too. That one Boston writer was like, "Yeah, All he's right. not getting in. He's a terrible fielder." <laughs> so that's interesting. You guys brought that up because I was just going to ask you. Is there anyone that should have gotten all of the votes that ever got all of the votes? Has it ever happened? Let me let me. You ever heard of Babe Ruth? So he's the only one, really? No, Babe Ruth was not a unanimous selection for the whole no. thing. Yeah. He got in on the first ballot, <laughs> not a unanimous selection. Yeah, and so then now there's guys where, you know, if no somebody hit a home run every time they stepped up to the plate and never struck out their entire career, they'd be like, well, Babe Ruth didn't get in unanimously so i can't yeah, i can't was, be the guy that allows this to happen so yeah and that was the jeter logic too for that mm. one guy is well well you know he he wasn't as good as babe ruth and babe ruth didn't get in unanimously so i'm gonna leave him off and everybody's like mm. he has 99.9 percent of the votes mm-hmm. you idiot you moron <laughs> did babe ruth not get uh i gotta believe the guy from boston didn't put him on the ballot, uh, put him in the, the Hall of Fame because didn't he leave Boston to go to the New York Yankees? He was with Boston for a while, wasn't he? Babe Ruth? Yes, he started his career with Boston and they sold him to the Yankees for like $30,000 or something like that. Which back then was a fortune, yeah. by the way. Yeah, right. It's about one. I, mean, I remember reading stories about him making 100 grand a year and people thought, oh my God, because everybody else was making like six, 7,000 a year. He's making 100 grand. <laughs> but man. And then to answer your question, there's one player that has ever gotten 100% ballots put in his name. Can you can you guess? God, who would that be? Cal Ripken. I'll, I'll oh, give you a hint. It's Roberto a, Clemente. I'll give you a hint. It's a Yankee. I have no idea. Oh, it wasn't Roberto Clemente. Damn it. Who was the closer that they had? Uh, the Mariano Sandman. Rivera. Mariano Rivera, yeah. 425 out of 425. Really? 2019, the only player to ever be a unanimous selection. He might be the most likable like you never heard anything bad at least here being a casual fan like you never heard anything bad about him everybody seemed to love him he was like the guy that came in at the end we're always going to win the game when he comes in like everybody's happy very nice guy very likable i'd love to know who the three people were that didn't vote for ken griffey jr in 2016 (laughs) like you need to get your voting rights taken away and not just for the ballot no But that's a personal thing, isn't it? That's not about baseball. That's a personal thing, isn't it, when that happens? Yeah, I feel yeah. like it's like you had one bad interview, and that, that guy, it stuck with him for 40 years, mm-hmm. and it's like, oh, I'm going to get him now. I get the last laugh. <laughs> All right, Bob Honest from Ohio. God. I don't know. I, like I said, it just uh, – yeah, Rivera, that does make sense, by the way, because he, he was untouchable. There's, I mean, he was literally untouchable. It's amazing. Yeah. Yeah, it was death taxes in Mariano Rivera. That was the three. <laughs> you heard exactly. Metallica. Lights dim. You hear Metallica enter Sandman. Yeah. Might as well just start packing it up for the night. That's it. All right. We should probably take a break. We'll be right back. The show continues right after this. This is the Tom Bernard Show. Listen live at TomBernardShow.com or on the Tom Bernard Show app. You need to know a guy for your auto repairs, legal issues, banking, and more. The same goes for investment advice. You need a guy to help you be successful, someone you can trust who gets results. Well, I got a guy for you. 
Josh Arnold. Josh gives you straight talk, not sugar-coated advice about your financial situation. Josh has seen it all when it comes to economic and market conditions, and Josh can make sure that your retirement objectives match your investments. Do yourself a favor and call Josh now for a no-obligation, 48-minute evaluation. You've got nothing to lose, and you'll get a different point of view for your investments. Call Josh at 952-925-5608. That is 952-925-5608. You'll be glad that you did. And tell him his, his guy, Tom, sent you. Investment services offered by Josh Arnold Investment Consultant, LLC, a security investment advisor. Past performance is no guarantee of future results. All investments involve risk. All comments and opinions are Josh Arnold's and do not constitute investment advice. Tom Bernard is a paid endorser. Hello, I'm Brad Huckle, President and Chief Lending Officer at North American Banking Company. And I'm Michael Bilski, CEO at North American Banking Company. As a locally owned and operated community bank, we work with many multi-generational businesses. Take personal care dentistry of Roseville, for example. Dr. Walter Hunt, also known as Painless to me, has been a longtime customer of the bank since we opened the bank in 1998. When his son Kyle was ready to join the practice, they wanted to expand quickly. With their additional space and equipment, they now are able to see more patients each day while providing the same level of care and service. Okay, guys, I'll take it from here. If you run a family business or any kind of business for that matter, you should be banking with Brad and Mike over at North American Banking Company. Every time I deal with them or their team, I know I'm working with experienced professional bankers. So why not bank with my banker? North American Banking Company, a better banking experience, member FDIC, equal housing lender. This is Bob Sansevier, and I want to tell you about Dave Bialki from Bialki Law. Dave represented my wife, Mary, when she had a significant workplace injury. She was very happy with the job Dave did. If you have a work-related injury and have Dave represent you, I'm betting you'll be happy too. Dave is a down-to-earth guy. He grew up in northern Minnesota, rides a Harley, and worked various jobs doing concrete, electrical, plumbing, roofing, and carpentry work. Dave works for people with work-related injuries. If you work construction, or anywhere for that matter, and you're hurt or even just hurting, you should talk to Dave. Let's face it, our bodies wear out. If your body is worn out from work, if your knees or back or shoulders hurt from things you do at work, do what Mary did. Call Dave and talk to him about it at Bialki Law to set up a free initial conversation consultation. The number to call is 763-571-2410. That's 763-571-2410. Or visit BialkiLaw.com. That's B-I-A-L-K-E Law.com. This is the Tom Bernard Morning Show Podcast. We are back, ladies and gentlemen. My goodness, time is flying. Uh, uh, 10 predictions about 2024. Uh, do you have any predictions about 2024? We're only eight days in. Any predictions? Um, hmm. I I don't. I like to do like a couple very obscure ones, like at the end of every year, that are like if I get it right, I can be like I am an I'm a genius. But I'm they're genius. so outlandish that if when they inevitably don't get picked up, nobody's gonna be like, okay, like look at this guy. He was just you know he was just trying to be bold. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's exactly it. okay. I'll give you the ten. These are the 10 um, predictions about 2024, but these are from 100 years ago. Okay. Will they hold up? Ooh, I'm going to say at least one of them has to be plausible. Yeah, yeah, right? Because it's yeah. got to be something noteworthy, right? So something I got to think. Yeah. I haven't looked at them yet. We're going we're gonna to learn about these uh, at the same time because I haven't looked at them yet. 
Uh, oh, my God, I just saw one of the headlines that's a little frightening in today's world. Number six, When we get to number six, it ain't going to be pretty. Number 10, everyone would be flying to work. Well, remember the Jetsons? They, they, when the Jetsons came yeah. on the air, they thought, oh, my God, we'll be doing that within 10 years. Well, that was, what, 40 years ago? Yeah. yeah. Or Back to the Future, they had theirs yeah. where, yeah, we, everybody had flying cars and stuff, yeah. Wasn't that a DeLorean? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And what do you think about, like, I got down this kind of rabbit hole the other day, like, think about flying cars. There's no way that could ever happen because, like, oh, there's no roads. Like, everybody would right. be flying into each other. Yeah. Like, it would be a right. complete disaster. Just dog fights on the way and, to work. Right. And there would be so many, like, somebody got in an argument, and so instead of, you know, killing somebody, they flew their car into some skyscraper because they were drunk. Like, it would be a disaster. We are not responsible yeah. enough as a society for flying cars. Sorry. Although I do love the Jetsons in the fact that one time George was driving and there was a stop sign in a cloud. <laughs> That's great. That's so great. I thought that was great. Yeah, everyone would be flying to work. A real estate mogul in New York said the airplane was still in its infancy, but eventually we'd all be using them. Quote, it will be uh, the everyday occurrence for a business person to fly home to the office and then back home again. Don't to fly from home to the office mm-hmm. and then back home again. Sorry, I was trying to read that while while Jude was barking at me. Jude <laughs> right. agreed with you yeah. very passionately. Um, I'd say yeah, that's like almost it. vaguely accurate though, because there are a lot of people that they fly daily, and obviously it's yeah. not like from yeah. their house to the office, mm-hmm. but the amount of people that go to an airport on a daily basis to like fly, yeah. you know, they go to Chicago to, to do a meeting, then they'll come back and blah, blah, blah. Like people travel like that often enough where it's like kind of accurate. Yep. No, yeah. That's true. Number nine cities would be totally rebuilt around cars. I don't know what that means. The 1920s uh, or when uh, cars really started taking off in 1924, a Swedish architect wrote in a city of a hundred years from now, I see three-deck roads, speedways through the heart of the town, and skyscrapers with entrances for automobiles as high as 15 stories. Well, I suppose you could just drive. If there was a parking lot there, you could just drive there 15 stories up and park. Yeah, Yeah. it's not super wrong. No, and a triple-decker road, that sounds awesome. Like if there was just one that went over the city that I don't have to go through and weave, yeah, absolutely, let's do it. I agree with you. I think it sounds great. I, I don't know if it's ever going to happen, but <laughs> number eight, a limit to the number of kids you could have. Oh, that's kind of what they're doing now, isn't it? They're kind of doing that. It's like, oh, you're having all these kids, blah, blah, blah. Well, um, yeah, and isn't, isn't right as of right now, the U.S. birth rate is down? Like, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I don't know if, uh, but I I know that's always been like a go-to if peop- when they're talking about overpopulation. But as of now, I think that they would have to do that. They're t- they d- did it in China, what, like 50 years ago, didn't they? Yeah, and there is so much documents about how that, uh, I mean, how hugely that affected the crime rate and everything. And, oh, it's mm-hmm. crazy. It is, ladies and gentlemen, limit the number of kids you could have. A Department of Agriculture official predicted we wouldn't have enough food to go around. So births would have to be uh, limited to, uh, to, oh, in some manner, have to be limited uh, births in some manner by 2024, by this year. Do you think they'll ever, because Catherine and I decided we were going to have two children. We got lucky and had a boy and a girl, and it all worked out and all the rest of it. But we, I mean, even before we started thinking about having children, thought, well, just replacing ourselves would be enough. Right? Yeah, Yeah, I think um, 
naturally it happened anyways just because people uh my age are having kids later you're not having as many when you're starting in your 30s right. or 35 um jobs are not kind of allowing i think people are more family planning than ever because also there is the option to be have contraceptives and and, and plan when you're going to have a kid okay now this next one's really interesting women would be in charge and men would be raising the children why would they think that i could see how women and men would be shoulder to shoulder in both yeah why would they think that uh, all of a sudden women and men would change places 100 percent well this that's was, a big change yeah well this is what 1920 they yeah. yeah so they probably were like well this is the way it is now where one person has to stay home and one person works yeah, oh, they didn't have flip. that. They didn't have like maybe that forethought of ah, oh, maybe everybody will be equal and we'll have a stranger come watch our kids and babysit while we're at work. <laughs> but didn't they kind of look down on women more in 1924 than they do now? No, I, I think yeah, I think they didn't. It's hard to imagine them thinking that women could be in the workforce right as fully just because they had all these theories about the way that women's brains works and stuff. So I guess even predicting that women would be in the workforce as much yeah. was, was yep. uh, pretty advantageous. That is true. In a letter to the New York daily news, a guy said women will occupy all the highest positions and men will do just physical labor or stay at home to quote, wait on the babies or mind the pets. Yeah, I'm sorry. There was a guy just kissing his wife's ass who wrote that. Uh, that that has nothing to do with reality. He just kissed ass, don't you think? Probably a little yeah. bit to do with it. I, it means you're interesting to hear his perspective. Or yeah, I don't. But um, I think I think Tevin is on to something that like he was in the mindset that only one person could work. Oh, you just opened the door and came in. But, you know, other than that, <laughs> yeah, I guess. I don't know. I See, once again, I would have thought, well, everybody being on an equal base. Is it impossible for people to con conceive that we should all be on the same level? Is that impossible for people? It's men are in charge now, but then 100 years from now, all the women will be in charge. Like, why can't we be shoulder to shoulder? Why don't, why don't people like that idea? My mom always said it'll never be even. Right. Right. Yeah. And, and it's true. Like, it'll never be. It's not like me and Justin can. We both work. There's no way mm -hmm. we can split 50 50. And I think right now, I mean, I think it's hard to imagine. It's, it's a hard dynamic to balance because I feel like a lot of times there are women that do kind of both have as their foot in both worlds, like maintaining the house and going to work. And, uh, but. It is. It's. It's hard. It's. It's. It's interesting to hear that this person thought that the roles would completely flip. Like, you're right. As if that would be something that was like thoughtfully done. Like, okay, now it's our time to go to right, work right. And <laughs> just every other year, it, it flips right. off. It's like changing presidencies. All right, twenty twenty four, honey, you have a great day. I'll uh, clean up around the house. It is rather interesting that a woman has never even been considered to be president of the United States. They've been talking about that since I was a little kid, I remember. Yeah. But it hasn't even come close. You know, I that is a very depressing thing because I think it's we tell little girls you can be anything you want, but we don't mm -hmm. always show them that. Mm -hmm. And that was kind of the whole premise of the Barbie movie is that when when you give these little girls all these dolls that have every profession, right? Like where's 
Barbie surgeons, Barbie president, Barbie, you know, pageant when they have every job. And we say over and over, you can be anything you want. And we really believe that, right? We tell our kids that. And then they enter the real world and you mostly see men in charge of most things and you've never seen a man president. There's kind of like a reality that hits you. where You just kind of feel lied to in a weird way. No, I understand that. And I've talked about this before. I have had some problems in the working world because I was raised by women. Yeah. You know, so therefore my respect was toward my mother and my two older sisters because they're the ones who raised me. So when I got out in the, in the real world and was all men that I was working for, I, I, I had problems from day one because of that. Yeah. And I'm not saying that, you know, that this, that or the other thing. I'm just saying in my personal experience, a guy has never told me what to do until yeah. I began working and then I had a guy as a boss, which I didn't really care for. I can see that not going well for you. It doesn't. I, well, it was brought up by, by the, the Hubbard corporation. I won't say who it was. It said, it is amazing how many more women are, think you're a wonderful person than guys do. I said, no, it's always been that way. It's been that way my whole life. And it's not because I'm Elvis Presley or anything like that. <laughs> Thank you very much. We all die around you. <laughs> exactly. No, it's because I suppose I do react to things differently being raised by women. So I'm, yeah. I guess I'm, what they're saying is I'm much more respectful toward women than I am toward men, which I can't deny for one minute. There's no question about it, but it's just how I was raised, right? Yeah, I think it's hard. I um, had a problem with the military with um, some of the men that have been there for a long time. Mm -hmm. They were hard to, because they, they wanted your respect in a way that was very aggressive. And then a lot of times the younger men leadership are the women kind of did that thing where they're like, I want to earn your respect. I want that. And mm -hmm. I've noticed that in general, like, and, and not everybody by no means would I say this. So I could see how you wouldn't Tom just automatically go. I respect you because you're my boss. Like you wouldn't just walk into a situation going, yeah, because you're yelling at me or demanding, mm -hmm. I'm going to automatically respect you. But like, you're somebody, if, if you get a little bit respect, it goes a long way with you, Tom. So I could see like that management style not working well. No, it doesn't work well. Well, Kate, when Kate, Kate Winslet, yeah, good. Uh, Kate, our buddy at KQ back then now works for Hubbard, obviously. Mm -hmm. but, and it's not Kate Winslet. It's a different Kate. I was going to say, I've been uh, around the office. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, we talk, it's been talked about all the time when I was at the Q for all those years. They had a, a male general manager and a male program director. Mm -hmm. And then Kate was, uh, you know, working with them. And to, to get me to do anything, they always sent Kate and said, Tom, you got to do this. Because if they came to me and said, you got to do this, I'd go, no, I'm not doing that. Forget it. Yeah. So I'd go through the general manager. I'd go through the program director. And then Kate would come and see me and go, you have to do this. All right. And I go, okay. Yeah. And now I'm working with her again. So I'm going to be told what to do the rest of my career. By there a woman. That's how go. it's always been. I, I'm just not used to men telling me what to do. Right? Yeah. I mean, is that acceptable? I think, you know, I, and I don't want to like pretend like I have any sort of degree in psychoanalyzing anybody, but I think that has something to do too, is you had this, you know, I don't want to say terrible, but not a great father figure. He was a who, terrible father. You, I'll say it for you then. Okay. Thank he you. He was terrible. And can you imagine him coming in and out of your life and demanding respect just for the sake because he 
was your father or, you know, like there was just so many attributes you think combined in that where you go, yeah, of course you're triggered by a man that shows up and go, Hey, do it this way. Yeah. Yeah, I'm here. Like, Oh, terrible. That's why I I had an argument. I have a friend, Renee Sternow is a a great psychologist. He's a wonderful friend and really a brilliant man. And I used to argue with him because I'm about four to five inches taller than all, or I was four or five inches taller than all my brothers. Right. Mm -hmm. And I, literally tried to convince Renee that I willed myself to be bigger so I wouldn't have to deal with men. <laughs> Did it work? Yeah, so far, yeah, it's worked out just fine. Except for, like I said, now we've got the female basketball players and volleyball players who are 6'8", which yeah. makes me very uncomfortable. I it's, just won't play it. It's so funny. You have, and a lot of men do, this like always have to tap into the height thing because it's like that doesn't come into play in my mind most of the time well you're a very tall woman though i'm a tall woman but i wouldn't like sit and think about am i taller than alex am i taller than Catherine? like i I wouldn't go into my brain but you guys always know who's taller than who well but you have to understand that doesn't come from the top it comes from the bottom because short men get really bad attitudes a lot right yeah and i would argue that if you ask a girl like what's your ideal man she'll tell you what height that man should be that's exactly right, right. like we're not gonna sit here and pretend that women just don't care about height no like, I he's like, gotta be at least six feet tall okay I don't mean with, like dating but i mean like being very like tom is very aware of who's taller where somebody comes in tall or short or whatever he's very aware of that and i would say tevin you fall in that too of like he was this tall like i would never on a social aspect mm-hmm. like when i think of amy I can't tell. I assume I'm taller than her, but I, I, I don't really know. Like, I haven't thought about it enough. But here's the difference. It's not thinking about it. And I think Tevin might've gone through the same situation and you guys witnessed it as a matter of fact, without bringing up any names. Every time I have to deal no, look, my best friend in the world was Andy Fisher and Andy Fisher was five, seven. Mm-hmm. So that's a pretty average. What's the average men's height? What five, seven, five, eight, five, nine, something like that. Uh, I'll check U.S. men height. U.S. men height, but the problem is the fact that a lot of you know shorter men, and again, five seven is pretty average. A lot of shorter men get a really bad attitude about. Well, like Tevin, you're what six four? Yeah, you must get it more than I do. Then but people, yeah, like and because. It's usually shorter people will come up to you and ask you how tall you are. And you go mm-hmm. like, I'll be like oh, I'm like six four, six five, somewhere in there. And they'll go, no, you're not. Like, <laughs> then don't ask. Like, if you're not going to believe me, then shook. don't ask. I didn't realize Kevin was that tall. Well, didn't you really? No. Okay, I'm a tall drink of water, Brittany. Yeah, I, I, I I'm gonna write that down so I don't forget. Tall drink of water. But no, it's like and it's it's weird because it usually is because short people, yes, will get made fun of a lot. But it's yeah, they'll you hear short people they'll add like add inches to their height. You know, you get your five eight friend that you know. Well, I'm just shy of six foot. No, you're not. It's okay. Like, you can just be <laughs> honest about your height. Yeah. If shy is four inches. Right. Well, then I'm also just shy of seven feet. So well, yeah, it's but a wash. It it, it I I used to kind of notice that more, but like, there's just no, there's nothing you can do about mm-hmm. it. Like I know I'm either five seven or five eight, depending on what shoes I have. Like some yeah. tennis shoes have bigger yeah. soles. Yeah. Yep. But it's like if that's the one thing you're gonna make fun of me about. I must be awesome because <laughs> yeah, I can pick you true. apart left and right. Your personality <laughs> yep. is terrible. All this other stuff. If the one thing that you have to do is like, uh, uh, uh you're short. 
okay, you are a box of rocks. You are dumb then. So yeah. if that's the one thing you can come up with. So uh, that's true. I mean, it's yeah. not everybody. I, you know, I don't want everybody to think that a lot of, you know, a lot shorter men are all assholes because they're not. No. But you can find an asshole in, in shorter men. There's no question about that. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Usually, usually, I guess no pun intended. A much shorter fuse as well, where they get. Oh, see, <laughs> the short fuse. Look, I'm gonna. Next time you and I are walking down the street, we go, man, look at that fuse over there. Yeah. <laughs> it's gonna be our our inside information kind of and, deal. And honestly, I'd rather be a little bit shorter. I think because you always have to grab stuff off the top shelf. Like you, oh like God! Your life is so there. hard to be tall. <laughs> you're, you're the guy that also has the truck. Anytime anybody wants to move, it's like, "Hey, uh, Tevin." Oh, you yeah. wanna? No, that's I'll... why Tevin has a little Tesla. He's like, "Sorry, yeah, I'm not I helping anybody move." Yep. In my passenger seat. Yep, and we can only go a limited range. I'm not getting any gas today. But I will tell you one thing that you're gonna have to deal with later in life because I used to be about a little over six one. Mm-hmm. I don't even know if I'm six feet tall anymore. All I might shrinking. be six feet tall, but I might even be a little shorter than that now. Because you, you get older, you lose height. That's just I, how it is. I refuse to say I'm 5'9". I literally will just say 5'10 every time. But I definitely has lo- have lost an inch. For yeah. Sure. At one point, I was 5'10", and now I'm for sure 5'9". See, I and feel I like ref- you're taller than that. I may. I thought I you were six feet tall, yeah. Well, that's- I did. Let's check someday. Yeah, let's do it. We'll stand back to back and have somebody at the office measure us up. <laughs> I start, like that a start lot. measuring on the door frame. <laughs> right? Look at that. Look at that. Me and Tom's are going down. <laughs> now, I want to make a reference because part of this, what we're talking about, comes in later in the story. But Catherine and I sat down on Saturday night and I finally gave in and watched a three hour oh, John Wick 4. So did I. So she did I. You did too. I Everybody to... is watching John Wick in my life right now. By the way, this is wild. Priscilla oh, messaged are? me. You, uh, Catherine tweeted about it. And Tevin and Tom. Really, Tom? What? I needed. I'm so happy that you watched this movie. I need to know what you think because it Phenomenal. was the. I thought it was. It was good. Like it was a John Wick movie, but it mm-hmm. was so long. Like it felt longer than three it hours. Was long. Like it the, was the fight scenes were all like, okay, we get it. You're killing a bunch of people. Can we wrap it up and keep going to the next scene? <laughs> the fourth one or the third one? Fourth one. Fourth, fourth one. Okay. That's what I thought. Yeah. Now, who is the guy? Uh, he's in, he's very, he's got black hair. He's probably he's quite Ian, a bit shorter than John. Ian McShane. Who is it? Ian McShane. Yes. Slick back hair. Yep. Mm-hmm. That's the guy. And Catherine said it's because of our eyes. That's the guy. Everybody thinks that I, he and I look a lot alike around the, you know, like the, the eyes and all that kind of stuff. And so I kind of watched him in that movie. And I would go, you know what? If that's really how I look, I do look like an asshole. Because he's always got that look on his face like, I'm going to bury you. He's always got that look going. I love the guy. He's a great actor. There's no question about it. He's a wonderful actor. But but people say, you look a lot like that Ian McShane guy. But it's not my whole face. It's just the eye part of it. Yeah. Ah. Definitely just the eyes. Do I kind of give this impression with my eyes that I'm pissed off at the world? Uh, yeah. A lot, of pe- a lot of people have told me that. Yeah. That oh, so you think that's true? <laughs> I don't think you're pissed off at the world. No, like, but I mean, rest- I look like I am. Oh, yeah. Like, I'm very like used to your resting face and I have no problem. Like I get resting it. I have a resting face. face that you, I've been told many times, like 
you're pissed off. And I'm like, no, I'm sorry. I was no. literally listening intently. Um, but your face, oh, I I would assume if I didn't know better that you were about to punch somebody. It's like yeah, this. that's what everyone says. And I don't know. Maybe it got that way because my dad was such a prick and all the rest of it. Maybe. I don't know that I'm making a face. I have no, I'm not trying to make a mean face or a tough guy face or any stuff. It's just, I have this look on my face like, get away from me. Oh, yeah. And sometimes I'll see you zone out, like, when we're all in studio and, like, you'll zone out and sitting there. And I'm like, if I didn't know any better, I would be scared. But I'm too <laughs> dumb to be scared, so. But I will say this again about John Wick 4. I held off a Tevin because it is three hours, almost three hours long. Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But I'm really glad I finally broke down and I got, uh, you look, I got this coming my way again in about a half an hour because Kristen bird has been trying to talk me into watching John wick for, for about a year and a half now, something like that. <laughs> but I did watch it. It's very entertaining because there are not a whole lot of quiet moments in the movie, I guess is the best way to put it. No, they just, the movie starts kicking some ass and then it's just three hours of nothing but hayas and gunshots and bombs and explosions. And there's a dog that starts eating people. And then at the end, it's just this peaceful sunset. And you're like, all right, let's get, can't wait for the fifth one. There was uh, like a preview of it because John Wick was up for some award. John Wick yeah. was up for some yep. award for the Golden Globes. And they were like. John Wick is a man who will only find peace when he's dead. Mm. And then uh, the John Wick character was like, I don't think it works like that. And I was just thought to myself, that was the first time I saw a clip where I was like, that looks like a fun movie. But that is Bob Sansevier has been talking about that movie, Tom. For oh, has he? Yes. And he's going to like we almost on Friday, I have to like write down a note to remind us to tell him that you finally watched it. Yeah, we he's should. Gonna, he's going to be so happy that you finally watched it. Yeah. And the, the one thing that I'll say got a little ridiculous is because so Keanu Reeves has a bad knee from an accident that mm -hmm. he suffered in one of his movies. And so mm -hmm. there are some times when they are requiring him to run a little bit of a distance or make some maneuvers. Where you're like, you really couldn't be an assassin because you have a one hell of a limp. And that guy definitely, like, the guy he's fighting is, like, waiting for him to gather himself so they can re-engage. Right. But other than that, yeah, it was, a, it was a good movie. I enjoyed it. Catherine, that's one thing. I, I am so lucky because my wife and I tend to like the same things. I'm like, she won't watch The World's Dumbest with me, which I've seen every episode and I still watch it because it's so damn stupid. I just, I love that show. Do you guys like that show? It's okay. It has its times. Like I could mm. see me watching it with the nephews and having a grand old time. Right. Yeah. Fellas, same way. Yeah, it's not my go-to, but it's. I always get a chuckle when you get some of the really good things that people just are absolutely not bright about on there. That was like one mm -hmm. of those where you, you're sitting around with people and it's just kind of it's on and you're half watching but mm -hmm. half talking to them. So it's like, oh hey, look at this guy. He drove a car into a lighthouse. Oh, what an idiot. Anyways, what were we talking about? Like you know, you just go back and forth. <laughs> You know, one thing I do love about it, and he may be the reason I was attracted to the show in the first place. Who's that guy that used to be on the uh, on the the television family had their own band again? What the hell was the name of that thing? Brady Bunch? Uh, no, nah, not the Brady Bunch. It was, but it was like that. Oh, Partridge Christ Family? It. Partridge Family. That's exactly what I'm thinking of. Because he was on that show. Mm -hmm. Right? I love that guy. I don't remember his name. Do you remember his name? The, the yeah. actual actor? Uh, which which is he the, the dad or no? He's the redheaded. Oh, the redheaded. He's a little kid on that show, actually. 
God, I, I know exactly who you're talking about. But oh, he's... Um, Don, D- Danny Bonaduce. Danny Bonaduce. That's exactly who it is. Who we've had on the show. Many, well, not this show, but the Q. You know, he got out of radio. He was doing radio really? for like 30 years and he just quit. BJ Shea, my friend out in out in Seattle, took his job because mm-hmm. BJ got let go by Odyssey. Gee, I wonder why. They let him go from a company that just filed for bankruptcy. How'd that happen? Who would have thought? Well, who would have thought? But uh, yeah, BJ Shea uh, spoke highly of him and all the rest of it. He took... He took Danny Bonaduce's job in Seattle when he left the other place. But I, one of the reasons I love watching the, the, that show so much world's dumbest is because Danny Bonaduce comes on and he's so honest. Yeah. There were a few times I got pulled over for drunk driving, but yeah, then I had to beat the hell out of this one guy. And then, I mean, he's just very open and honest about alcoholism and street brawls and all this stuff. That is kind of the new age. And I think it's because of documentaries that you see on Netflix or whatever. Like there, I was just watching one over the weekend called BitCon. And essentially this guy made a fake Bitcoin back in 2017 and he got, it was like $35 million plus like of investors from, you know, small, like, yeah, just regular average Joe people. Um, but he's on, and he never went to jail for any of it because he ended up ratting out a bunch of people. But anyway, he but he was in the documentary, just kind of like, yeah, I just woke up and started stealing from people, and ah, how great is my life? And I was doing all these drugs and blah blah blah. So people, yeah, really have become desensitized because of all of these like documentaries. And they just say eh, it's a normal Tuesday, scamming and whatever else. See, I could never do that. Scam somebody out of if I couldn't admit that I could make my own money, I could never scam somebody out of money. No. And I've been scammed out of money many times myself, trying to help people out and you get scammed. You just do. I just, I would never even think of that. How do you admit to yourself? You're such a piece of shit. You can't even make any money. Yeah. And like, I just know the feeling of like, even if I lost $20 cause it fell out of my pocket, how bad that makes me feel. I couldn't imagine like you hear stories of people, you know, got $60,000 from somebody's grandparents. Now they can't, you know, retire or whatever else. And, like that, I couldn't live with myself having that feeling on my conscience. Yeah, I, that's exactly right. We got another break to do this hour, do we not? Yeah. Yep. I wanted to make sure. I thought we did, but I I wasn't certain because now when Kristen comes on in about a half an hour, I'm going to have to like get on my knees and bow and say you were right that watching <laughs> John Wick for I should have done it a year ago. Yeah. Well, she's got after the Golden Globes yesterday with Joe Coy, she's got a hell of a report. I'm sure. What do you mean? I see. I like Joe Coy. Some people not like him. Tom, don't go he on. It wasn't great. It wasn't great. Probably oh, really? I'll the worst hosting oh. I've ever seen. And I can't imagine it getting any worse. Like people I, are saying this could be the end of his career. You know, oh. when you watch something alone and you go, huh? Okay. Like I'm not very, I'm not like a sensitive person, but like, I felt like that didn't hit. And then you look online yes. and you go, okay, that was kind of the common census. That yeah. did not hit well. That did not land. At like all. they should have, like when back in the day when they had the like the uh, intermission screens where it was like kind of the in the bars. They should have. Yeah. It felt yeah. like they needed to throw that up quick, find a new host, and get Joe Joe Coy out of there because it was <laughs> terrible. That bad. Oh, yeah. he's such a sweetheart of a nice guy. Yeah, there's a lot of backstory to that, too, because they couldn't find a host and they found him, I think, 10, 10 days. days ago. People wouldn't accept it. They would say no, 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 because like Golden Globe. Oh, really? Yeah. And maybe Chris will probably tell us all about this. Mm-hmm. So I'll, I'll leave some to her, but we can talk about that if we want to. All right. Before we go to break, I want to read one more of those 
things that were predicted in 1924. This is the one that scares the piss out of me because it's quite accurate. In 1924, it was predicted that by 2024, constant war everywhere. The president of the American Chemical Society had a different take. He thought futuristic weapons would mean major cities would constantly be under attack. What do we got going on right now? There's war everywhere. I mean, it's just, whether it's you know, in the Middle East, here in America, it's a verbal war, thank God. Well, that's not necessarily true because people get shot every single day uh, in this country, no question about it. But that's a hell of a prediction that 100 years ago, they predicted by 2024, there would be constant war everywhere. How are we going to get out of this war? You guys got any good ideas? Because I don't see a way out. Which one? All of them. <laughs> <laughs> You got China that's, you know, pushing people. You got Russia pushing people. You got America pushing people. The Middle East is a disaster. I mean, you got people. I never, ever, ever thought I'd see the day when people at Ivy League colleges would turn on Jews the way they have. I thought I'd never see that. And again, I grew up in the neighborhood. I got a lot of friends that are Jews. It pisses me off. It's like, okay, we're going to put everybody in it. We weren't supposed to be putting people in in little pockets because of their orientation or their skin color or their religion. or We weren't supposed to do that, but apparently that's okay for Jews now. How is that okay? I don't get it. No, it's, it's not okay. And like, regardless of who it is, it, I, it's just right. to see an institution yeah, take those stances is, is shocking. No, again, if it were just Josh Arnold, then I could understand it. But yeah, you know. there's just, just specifically <laughs> just a Josh Arnold protest. <laughs> So here's what I would say to all the youngsters out there in college. Why don't you shut the hell up about the Jews? Because you don't know what the hell you're talking about. I got many, many. I love them. I love these people. Just shut up. Is that too much to ask? I love that. Well, it's true, though. My God, I just hear that coming out of Harvard and MIT. And it's like, are you people that stupid to actually believe that's true? Hmm. It's amazing. Yeah. Look, I, got, I don't know any Palestinians, but I got nothing against them either. I mean, you, I'd be nice if we could live in peace. That'd be great. Yeah, call me crazy, but I definitely You're don't crazy. want... <laughs> what? What? How dare you? Perfect. Now let's go. I, <laughs> I don't think I've ever prescribed to the theory of, of any sort of decision based off religion, orientation, right. race. Right. So I think in general, I don't think you're going to get many people disagreeing with you here, Tom. Well, I got to be honest. One of the things probably, again, my childhood sticks in my head that there were certain neighbors, not many of them in that in on the North side, but they would find out you were Catholic and you couldn't walk on the sidewalk in front of their house. If you were a little kid, they wouldn't do it to grown people, of course. But if you were a kid and they found out you were Catholic, they didn't want you even walking on their sidewalk. So we've come a little way since then, thank yeah, God. Absolutely. That's a good thing. All right, we'll take a break. Be right back. A lot of great stuff coming up, including my mea culpas to Kristen Bird, who has been trying to talk me into seeing John Wick for, for about a year. When did that come out? Two years ago? A year and a half ago? Has it been that long? I always thought it just came out. I, uh, I don't know when it came out. Uh, it was 2023. I want to say that was like springtime. Yeah. It was this year because it was on for up for awards for Golden Globes. I think it was just when we started this in February. All the guy, all the. OK, that almost, makes sense. Yeah. Bob was talking about it. So it was almost a year ago. Yeah, correct. So it took me almost a year to do uh, see a movie that Kristen Burr told me. You got to see it, Tom. You'll love it. We correct. Yeah. Yeah. Daily. She's mm -hmm. been reminding me. 
They, <laughs> she has been running me down. But one thing I love, and Keanu Reeves, we've had him on the show. Well, not this show. Again, had him on the queue. You couldn't find a nicer man than him. He's the nicest damn guy. Very, very successful. No question about it. But he's just a great guy. Remember the Chucker when the Chucker, he, he, Keanu Reeves came on to promote his band Dog Star? Yeah. Those are one of my favorite chuckers of all. Oh, God, AJ, you got to hear it. Um, would anybody care if we played that on the air? I mean, I don't know Lassen, what the rules are. I have Lassen no wrote idea. It. I played it on my show. I mean, you know. I think so. This is, it's a podcast. It's not a, like. Exactly. Yeah. What are they going to do? Come over here and fight us? I wonder if you can just find that. Well, first of all, if you can just find it on the Internet, everybody's listening to it anyway, right? I don't know if that's how trademark works, but uh, it is in my world. It's, I don't. I mean, it's your. I mean, I say, I say, go for it if you wanna. The reason I would want to play it is to show what a great guy Keanu Reeves is, because instead of getting pissed off about all his things that Chucker says to him, he he laughs his ass off. He thinks it's hilarious. Yeah. And I've heard, talked to him on the phone. I never met him in person, but I've heard he's just the nicest damn guy you'd ever want to meet. Everyone loves him. He's the yeah. most unproblematic person, I think, in Hollywood. And he was not on Jeffrey Epstein's island, so that's another good thing. Yeah, we love that for him. Yes. Did we ever find out if it is it true that Kimmel was on the island or not? They're saying I, it's bullshit. I, I mean, I went through a lot of different documents and couldn't find one thing. But the thing about this is, is now that he's been mentioned, he might get asked in a court case, <laughs> right. and then he would end up in a document. So it's all like I would be pissed. If I was Jimmy Kimmel and the way that Aaron Rodgers dropped that bomb Why so did casually and talking about, I mean, we're talking about child rape and to casually say, I can't wait till Jimmy Kimmel has to answer things. I would be, I would be lawyers ablaze. But didn't he do it just because Kimmel was making fun of him, you know, getting hurt again or it was something like that. And that, isn't that when he started going after Kimmel? He made uh, uh Kimmel. He was fine with Kimmel until Kimmel kind of made an attack on him about like the, how he uh, used his wording around getting the shot and right. lied and pretty much, like didn't have the balls to just say I didn't want to get a shot, so I didn't. So like, Jimmy Kimmel made fun of him quite a bit for that, and I think Aaron okay. Rodgers has been waiting for himself yes. to like take that shot, and that was the moment he did it, which was insane. Like, wait a little bit longer. Jimmy Kimmel will do something annoying, and then you can mess, you know, talk about there it. But this was so wild. We shall take a break. Be right back, ladies and gentlemen. Continue the show right after this. This is the Tom Bernard Show. Tom here, and I want to discuss a partnership that has been wonderful in my life. Zero Res Carpet Care. Very good friends of mine. Nothing is better to someone with a family than having a completely clean home. Your carpet is the biggest filter in your house. If you want to talk about pet dander or foot traffic, dirt from the outside, they all eventually reside in your carpet. So, Zero Res Carpet Care. Listen, around the holidays, you need to contact ZeroResMinnesota.com or call 952-ZERORES. That's 952-ZERORES. They clean your home with their electrolyzed pH elevated water that 
doesn't use chemicals or soaps that smell like a janitor's closet like other cleaning services. How about a Tom Bernard deal? Well, here it is. Get three rooms, zero resified, starting at $129, and don't forget your air ducts. Mention me, and they'll discount your air vents by $75, too. This is for the entire month, so call them right now, 9520-RES, backward or forward, it spells the same, or book online, zeroresminnesota.com. If it's available, ask for them to come to your place in the Tom Bernard name service truck. What an honor that was, by the way. Just mention me by name and get the special deal to get your home clean and your heart happy. Zero Res Carpet Care. Is that text you're sending so important that you missed your turn? Is that text you're sending so important that you ran the red light? Is that text you're sending so important you didn't see the ball coming onto the road or the child that followed? Hi, I'm Mike Bryant from Bradshaw and Bryant. When you take your eyes off the road for even four seconds, your vehicle travels 100 yards. That's the entire length of a football field. If you absolutely have to text, you need to pull off the road somewhere safe and do it from there. Texting and driving is against the law and can cause serious injury or even death to you and others. Now that is important. We hope you're never injured in a collision, but if you are, please contact us. Find Bradshaw and Bryant, personal injury attorneys at minnesotapersonalinjury.com. Going farther with my Bryant on your side, seeking justice for the injured. You know the song Kokomo? It's supposed to be off the Florida Keys, right? Hate to break your Beach Boys bubble, but that's a fictitious place they made up for the song. Fortunately for the rest of us, the Florida Keys island chain are as real as the taxes you have to pay in Minnesota if you're a resident. Now that's a reason to move south. In addition to Florida and all of Monroe County being beautiful, the Keys from Key Largo to Key West are even more beautiful. It's Tom Bernard, part-time Florida resident myself, and if you want a second house or a new retirement home or want to become a Floridian, may I suggest you contact Matt Carlson from One Key West Realty. Matt grew up in Litchfield. He's a super real estate agent when it comes to finding your tropical island space in the Keys. He lives there and here, and Matt knows what's best in Key West to buy. For your second home in Florida, Matt teamed up with fellow Minnesotan from Sartell and Alexandria, Kristen Eklund, who's one of the top mortgage brokers in the country from Coast to Coast Mortgage. She'll get you the financing you need to buy a home in Florida or in Minnesota. Matt's part of the Lake Sotheby's International Realty Group here in Minnesota, and Kristen, his mortgage colleague, lives and works in the Keys, so they both know the Florida Keys' new and existing homes for sale and are Minnesotan through and through. Contact them by heading to onekeywest.com. That's onekeywest.com.